0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle, and I'm your host, Greg. Now, I know usually we talk about lifestyle, entertainment, and sports, but in this episode, we're just going to stick to the sports, specifically the New York Football Jets. Now, my last episode, I broke down the Giants' positions offensively and defensively in each unit. Now, I want to do the same thing for the Jets. We're going to do a summer camp preview. I want to break down each unit, a team strength, a biggest position battle, and an area of concern. All right? Now I'm going to break down the offense and the defense, position by position group. Shall we get started? Let's start off with the offense. Now, to me, um, this is the side of the ball that poses the most questions for your New York Jets And let's start off first with the most important position on the offense, which is the quarterback. You have three guys that are vying for the starting quarterback position and Josh McNown, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold. This, to me, is my position battle of the offense because you got three guys and they're all going for the same position pretty much. Now, Sam Darnold, he hasn't reported to camp. The reason he has a reported to camp is due to a contractual dispute with the Jets. Now, from what I understand from the information that has been provided to the Man Cave huddle, you can also help us on at Man Cave huddle on Twitter if you want to support and provide more information. What I've come to is that, yeah, the... Position in which you're drafted and you're slotted and you're guaranteed to make a certain amount of money. But I think the language in the contract of saying if Sam Darnold isn't who we think he is and hypothetically we want to cut him after year one, we don't want to be held responsible for the balance of the guaranteed money. And some players agree and just want to get into camp and sign those type of contracts. Sam Darnold and his management or maybe his management don't want to play that game. And right now, this is just pretty much a contest of who's going to hold out more. Camp started a couple days ago. And as a rookie, the last thing you want to do is miss any type of reps. You just want to build some camaraderie, some rapport, and pretty much just display to the coaches who you are and what you're about. I mean, in Josh McNown, he slotted as a starter because he was the starter last year. But he's a solid vet, a leader, and although he hasn't mentioned it to me, he looks like a future coach. He's the type of guy that at this point in his career, if he gets cut, you'll be hearing of him being a quarterback coach and assisted something on another team at some point in time. But he still does have enough left in the tank to be a solid starter in the NFL. Next, you have Teddy Bridgewater, who's coming off of a horrific knee injury when he was with the Minnesota Vikings and he suffered a torn ACL and a knee dislocation. But what does Teddy Bridgewater bring to the table in spring practices? He's been looking good. He's very smart and he has a lot of good skills. Part of his skills were mobility. We'll see how much of that still remains with him after this injury. But, He has a good delivery and a strong arm, and he's smart. Sam Darnold, at this point, all you can say what he brings to the table is that he's the future of the franchise. I mean, all that college stuff and all of the hype being drafted, all that's out the window now. Now it's literally seeing what you could do. He's the future of the franchise. Do I think he'll report? Yeah, but there's going to be a certain hypothetical drop-dead date to where if you miss too much in camp, it's going to be hard for you to get in during the regular season unless there's an epic disaster where injury forces you to go in. But I will say this. Between Josh McNown and Teddy Bridgewater, whom if Josh McNown wins this position, obviously he's going to start. But Teddy, Bridge, but Teddy Bridgewater, I feel, is going to be traded. Because he's still. if he shows that he can still play, that's a player that you trade and get assets for. Because Sam Darnold, look, although he might show up and not be ready to start, if McNown is good enough to start, and if the season is a disaster, then you throw in Darnold in around week 10, around week 11, or whenever you feel like you're out of it. What's the worst that can happen? If you're out of it, of course. But if Teddy Bridgewater wins the starting QB position, now Sam's in trouble because Josh McNown will still be kept on the team as a backup. But now what you're saying in Teddy Bridgewater is this guy is not going to let go of the reins unless the season falls apart. And even if it does, he might be playing well enough to where he might not be willing to give up that position. So that to me is the position battle of the Jets offense. Let's go to the running backs where I think it's going to be a co-starting type of situation with Isaiah Crowell and Belial. But Belial? Powell? Remember house party when the father said, who is this calling on the phone? Bel- Belial? Belial? What kind, what kind of pairs they make his Belial? Anyway, I always think a house party when I hear Belial Powell. But anyway, um, I feel those guys, they will split the Jets um, carries between them. I think, you know, Crowell, he brings the same thing that Belial Powell brings, except I think Powell's a better receiver. Now the Jets have suffered an injury in the backfield with Maguire. McGuire. And in saying that, they brought in running backs, um, Orleans, Darqua, and they've also brought in other running backs to maybe, you know, be that third guy in case of injury. Now, to me, I feel that this is a team strength of the Jets offense, and it's the wide receiving core. It, coming out, if they go three wide, which I think they will do, you're going to have Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse and Quincy Anunua. Now, Robbie Anderson, there's a a lot of question marks with these guys too because with Robbie Anderson, he came out of nowhere last year, had a really good year. Can he back that up? Knowing that teams are going to be playing for him, going to be coached up to defend him. But he did get in trouble in the offseason and could be suspended for a couple games. So in saying that, is Robbie Instant going to be available for the first couple games? The NFL will decide that. Jermaine Kearse, solid player, coming over from Seattle last year. He's a veteran where you know what you're going to get. Quincy Nunwa coming back from a neck injury that ended his season last year early, but prior to that, very productive receiver and had high hopes coming into last season. Now, coming into this season, that neck injury, is it going to be an issue? Who knows? He'll be the one deciding that. But if Quincy can be solid and give you what he's projected to produce, you have a Jermaine curse and Robbie Anderson, hopefully he'll be there most of the season. That's a solid unit right there. I'm not saying best. I'm not saying top five in the NFL, but that's a unit where you could go in and say we could do some things. And another guy that the Jets brought in via free agency, Terrell Pryor. Now, he had a quality 2016 season with the Browns and last year a not-so-good season with Washington. But the guy is one heck of an athlete, went to Ohio State, was one of the top recruits in the country, got drafted as a quarterback, was still a good enough athlete to keep a career in the NFL as a wide receiver. So let's say a Robbie Anderson isn't available, you could slide in a Terrell Pryor. Or Quincy Inunua doesn't produce as projected, you could slide in a Terrell Pryor. Hopefully, you get the 2016 and not the 2017 version of Terrell Pryor. Now, an area of concern for me on the offense, an area of concern. This is major key alert right now, the tight end position. Last year, somebody they could count on, Safarian Jenkins. Well, his production was so good, he left and went to the Jaguars via free agency and cashed in on the season. So now, who do you have left to battle for the tight end position? Well, I'm not... I'm going to name a couple players, not in any specific order, whom I feel that are the best to the least. I'm just throwing out these names. You have Jordan Leggett, a 2017 fifth-round draft pick, 6'5", 255-pound pass catcher tight end, who was the national champion with Clemson when they beat the Alabama Crimson Tide, but who has not played a down in the NFL due to just not being dressed up because he probably wasn't ready or they had too many bodies and they can't afford to have too many bodies to take away from other areas of need in the tight end position. Now, they this year have drafted Christopher Herndon a rookie 6'4", 253-pound tight end in the fourth round. He was taken from the University of Miami for all my U fans. He's from the U. He's another pass catcher tight end with obviously no experience because he's been drafted as a rookie. And you sit there and say, what's a pass catcher tight end, Greg? Well, a pass catcher tight end is a tight end pretty much that is his strength, is the receiving game. And obviously you don't want him in situations in which you have to block goal line third and three. And you want to run for that first down things of that nature, because you know, when he's in the game and he's lined up next to the tight end, you might want to z- shift your zo- your blocking to help that tight end. You might want to have a runner back chip that defensive end just to give that tight end some help. But if you know, you got a blocking tight end, in which the Jets have, an Eric Tomlinson, he could do some things in the pass game, but his specialty is blocking. Now, you could maybe have scenarios in which you blend in what Jordan Leggett could do good with Christopher Herndon, along with Eric Tomlinson, and they all get in on certain situations. Maybe the tight end could be a functioning position, but as of now, you don't know who's starting, you don't know who could do what, and you don't know... What guy has the heads up in that position? So that is the day-to-day, who played better today type of situation. Now, the offensive line, I know last year was an area of weakness, but the Giants did, I mean the Giants. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jets fans, don't get on me, don't get on me. The Jets, they did somewhat address that by acquiring the services of Spencer Long. Spencer Long is a former uh, 2014 third-round draft pick from the Redskins who signed as a free agent with the Jets, a four-year deal worth $27.5 million. Now, he's expected to clear up some of the issues at the center position and give that offensive line an upgrade from the departed Wesley Johnson. Now, he's slow to come along in spring, and hopefully he'll be able to take every rep because he's recovering from quad tendon surgery. But if he wants that position, he's going to be available, and he's going to want to be able to start and get all the reps. Now, everybody else on that offensive line, Kelvin Beecham, James Carpenter, Brian Winters, and Brandon shell they'll all remain. Now, I think, you know, The symmetry, the cohesion with the other four guys is there, obviously coming back. But what you get with an upgrade at the center position is a guy who's going to call all the blocking assignments, call what the front is, and basically be the quarterback of the offensive line. Spencer Long can produce the way he's expected to. You can expect an upgrade at that position. Now let's switch gears to the defensive side of the ball. And we'll begin with the line. Expected to start in that defensive line is that former first-round draft pick, Studley Leonard Williams. And at the nose tackle, Steve McClendon, those two guys be able... McClendon, two-gap, he'll be able to clean stuff up in the center of that defense. Leonard Williams will definitely be able to stuff the run as well as provide a pass rush But the position battle for me on the D, and this is also an area of concern, is the other defensive end opposite Leonard Williams. Who can take the double team away from Leonard Williams? Who can set the edge on this side of the defense? Because if this position shows to be in that, then all you're going to do is when you're passing double team Leonard Williams, And you'll just sit there and know when you're running that other defensive end who can't do anything is where you're going to run at. Because that outside linebacker in this 3-4 defense that the Jets run, his position is to rush the passer and set the edge on the run. Now, you got a couple guys vying for this job opportunity and Henry Anderson, Xavier Cooper, and you have Nathan Shepard. You got a whole bunch of bodies along that defensive line for depth and players that you can rotate. But as far as Anderson Cooper and drafted Nathan Shepard, somebody has to prove that they not only can be the starter, but can produce the way that they need to for that defensive line to function properly in this 3-4 defense. Now, speaking of linebackers in a 3-4 defense, you have Jordan Jenkins, Josh Martin at your outside linebackers, but Mr. Josh Martin and David Bass, they'll be battling for that starting position at that outside linebacker spot. Now, both of them are good, but whomever the loser between Josh Martin and David Bass will be will be the situational pass rusher, and the other will be the every-down linebacker. It's a nice problem to have. And as far as your inside linebackers, you're going to have Darren Lee and Avery Williamson as your inside linebackers. Mr. Avery Williamson is the free agent pickup from the Titans. A nice young athlete, a thumper at that position who's very athletic, who could defend and roam around in the middle of that defense. They got some other guys that are okay players to back up at those linebacker positions. So that's a position where as long as the starters can stay healthy, they should be okay. But they do have some guys that can back up and provide some substance and production at that position. Now, for me, the team strength of the Jets defense as well as the team is, for me, the cornerbacks and the the safeties. Basically, the entire secondary. I mean, the Jets made a huge splash by signing lockdown cornerback Tremaine Johnson to start alongside Morris Claiborne. Now, those two aren't going to come off the field. So now, if you have two guys that are solid, that you know can roam around the field and be one on one, now something could be said about this defense because the same could be said about the safeties. When you have second-year starters in Jamal Adams, who was a first-round draft pick, who was pretty much drafted to defend Eric Gronkowski. I mean, Mr. Gronkowski, I said Eric. I should say Mr. Gronkowski for his productivity. And Marcus May. So you got four guys in that secondary that can hold their own, produce, and don't need to come off the field. And let's talk about that nickel quarterback position and although it's his name, Buster ain't no Buster when we're talking about Buster Screen. He should be the starting nickelback. But although the draft the just did draft Perry Nickerson, he might need a year or two of development in terms of physical strength before he's ready to help the team. So, I mean, if you got your secondary all situated, that's pretty nice in a league that is a passing secondary, I mean a passing secondary, a passing league. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, now that's my Jets, my Jets training camp preview. If you have any questions, please feel free to holler at me at, Man Cave, at the Man Cave Huddle on Twitter if you have any questions, if you have any disputes. If you feel like I've said something wrong and you want to talk about it, I'm all ears, man. I'm not one of those people that's just, I'm going to tell you something and I'm always right. If I misspoke, I'm an open-minded dude. At the Man Cave Huddle, please communicate with me. I'll respond. If you feel like you I should be talking about something that I'm not, or you have a topic for me, I'm all ears, baby. Now, as I do, and all my listeners that I thank for taking the time out to listen when you do, you know I have a positive quote. And the positive quote for this episode is, if you realized, if you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you'd never think a negative thought again. And let me say that again. If you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you'd never think a thought, negative thought again. Now, obviously, that's impossible to literally live by that mantra, but... Positive always wins over negative because it doesn't matter how dark it is, no matter what you're going through. The sun will always shine. Why? Because after nightfall, there's always the sun coming up. Thank you for listening. Have a nice time, everybody. Bye-bye.